It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. To your Celtic state of mind, though, and for every Wednesday, you do get a middle-aged, tone-deaf man giving you his warbling musings, a foot charging you £47 for the privilege. As usual on a Wednesday now, I'm joined by John Hughes Jr. John, how are you getting on? I'm very well, Kev, uh, but uh, I thought you were going to be talking about me there, but uh, as soon as you, no. you said middle age, I thought not unless I, li- not unless I live to 104, but <laughs> so no, it's not me. It's no you. Uh, it's a wee nod to Ian Brown who's been getting a bit of abuse this week because oh, yeah, he turned yeah. up and put a batting band in £47. But seemingly yeah. he smashed Glasgow and Edinburgh the last two nights. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So so good, good for him, good for the Brownie. Solidarity with Brownie. Yeah, yeah. Did he not? Uh, did, I think. Did he not come out? To be fair, did he not come out as a lunatic during? Aye, he did. Aye, but yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, 
anybody that's been following his career very, very closely like I have would already know that that sort of conspiracy <laughs> theory stuff was already in there, eh? Yeah, okay. I just thought uh, it was worth mentioning. Just to let everybody know, I've just been to the dentist and I've got a jag and my mouth is very, very sore. So everybody thinks that my, my mouth is drooping at that side. It is. But then they get worried. <laughs> but I, I might, my pronunciations might be even worse than usual. So, <laughs> so I just thought I would give you all a warning there. Please like and subscribe and do the usual stuff. Uh, remember, vote for us in the Football Content Awards. Vote for Axon, best uh, video creator, and vote for Natasha as well for her work that she does with the women's football. Um, already in the comments, John, everybody's going to put the elephant in the room. What is the <laughs> elephant in the room? Oh, you remains to be seen. Keep on, keep on listening and you'll find out. Yes. Uh, you and Boy Martin, who's appeared elephant in the room. Uh, and by the way, before you start being funny in the comments, no, it's not me. <laughs> well, I think Paddy already got there. Eh? There's no reason to talk about Chris Boyd. I think he's already got there, and I'm not even going to try Tahig. Tahig. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So it isn't. It isn't negative. It's just something that. Uh, it's just interesting. Yes, it's just no. extremely interesting. And yeah. it's funny that we spoke about Ian Brown because some folk might actually think we go doing a conspiracy theory route right here. Which is, <laughs> oh, uh, no. And, only facts, Kev. Only facts. Oh, only facts. Only facts. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's, let's go straight into the elephant in the room. Let, let, let's go straight into the elephant in the room. Let's go into straight right. Right, the what you called to me when you gave me that wee voice WhatsApp message. Yeah. Hyperdoping. And and I, yeah. I was thinking to myself, this hyper doping is no son that we used to do behind the bike shed, the behind the bike sheds at Manitoba <laughs> High School. So right. I'll let you, i let you start. Okay, so this this story is in three parts basically, uh, and uh, excuse me, everyone, I did sort of say to Kev if I'm going to cover this, it's going to be a wee bit of a monologue, it's a bit of a Jack and Ori, but I think it's worth it. Uh, so bear with me. Um, it's basically, a, it's a doping-related story, and it, it definitely has relation to us uh, specifically in a couple of ways. So the first part of it is basically, you know, so I was looking at certain things within football, and we're in an international break, so uh, I just thought I'd delve into a few things. So I started looking into a relatively old story, uh, the facts of which are now pretty well established within football, uh, and other sports, there is an issue of almost legal abuse of stimulants and medicines, which is dangerous, unethical, and in many cases, definitely cheating. Uh, <clears throat> so you'll have seen this a couple of years ago. It got a, a fair amount of traction because of the uh, an, an EPL team was seemed to be very heavily involved in it. Um, so we started looking at this hyperdosing. So it's hyperdosing on caffeine, uh, and in combination with the hyperdosing on caffeine, uh, the abuse of TUEs, which are uh, therapeutic exemption certificates. Now you'll remember that they were sort of very famously exposed uh, with the likes of Bradley Wiggins. Um, you know, so essentially, what a therapeutic exemption certificate means is you have been diagnosed with an illness. 
uh, and it just so happens the medications for that illness are performance-enhancing drugs. So it's legal doping, effectively. Um, and this, this was the same Bradley Wiggins who was pictured in a 1997 Rangers, Rangers talk very, very recently. Well, I, I, I couldn't that, speak that, to that. that my but there's, there's more than one connection there, let me say. <laughs> uh, so, we're, um, so the hyperdosing in car is now it's a well-known and still legal, it is still legal uh, technique to maximise performance. It started coming to light with the likes of Jamie Vardy and so on out talking about it. So it's incredibly dangerous for the athletes given the, the strain it puts on the heart um, and it can only be maintained in two or three year cycles uh, which is why there was talk well, you know, that uh, that Liverpool wouldn't be able to maintain their form, for instance, uh, last year or the year before, uh, essentially. But um, what you're doing is like you're, you're basically, you know, it's like four Red Bulls and a double espresso and, you know, some food with caffeine in it before a game or whatever. Now, you might think that that is, uh, you know, it's not really performance enhancing. It is, but it's marginal gains, right? So it's not illegal. Uh, but it's definitely performance enhancing. But if you maintain that over a season, it's very damaging uh, to the athlete. Now, the therapeutic exemption certificates I, I've just uh, mentioned and how those are uh, deeply, deeply unethical. Because first of all, a doctor has to, has to diagnose you with something. So that doctor, if you don't have that condition, that doctor is you know, engaged in, at the very least, a deeply unethical practices. Um, so, for a, so, so for example there, John, I, I, I'm I diagnosed as a, um, <laughs> as, as asthmatic, yeah, right? Okay. So I get asthmatic yeah. quite bad in the summer because um, I get quite asthmatic because it's allergic, it's allergic yeah. asthma I've got, and I've got a steroid inhaler. So yeah. that's the type so, of stuff that you're... It would be the, uh, and you'd be one of like twelve percent, Kev, of you know the, the population. That's you know that 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 would be the average in a group of people. Unlike, for instance, Liverpool squad in two thousand and twenty, uh, of the thirty-five players in the squad, sixty-three percent of them were asthmatic. Apparently. 63%. That's an astonishing number. And that's where it really can't, became um, an issue that people were taking note of. And a lot of people will have heard of it before. Um, so asthma drugs are uh, corticosteroids, which are fast-acting and loosening up the muscles around the airways. Uh, but I was talking to a doctor about this. It depends on the doses. And again, it's a marginal gains thing, but it depends on the doses. But certainly... If you are not taking an inhaler, but if you are able to take oral corticosteroids, mm-hmm. they're basically steroids, and they will have you, um, you know, far doing far more for far longer. Um, they are only supposed to be uh, diagnosed. For instance, if you had a, a very very serious asthma attack, they'd be diagnosed for that. But we don't know how often these guys are having very very serious asthma attacks uh, for which they need oral steroids. But anyway. It allows you to breathe easier, and it's similar to uh, EPO, uh, you know, which is uh, stimulates red blood cell production, and that gives more uh, blood to the muscles, and that's very, very common in cycling, and also very common in football. 
uh, and that can be deadly, uh, uh, you know, as I say, is common. And this is the thing about the elephant in the room. It's just not talked about. And you'll come on to see more of what, I, I'm, um, what I'm getting at here. It's not talked about in football. It's just basically ignored or swept under the carpet. So the Liverpool connection then begged a lot of other questions, which uh, some people on Twitter might remember from a couple of years ago, uh, whether that uh, caffeine cycling uh, and the fairly clear abuse of therapeutic exemption certificates that we saw at Liverpool had come up the road along with uh, certain members of the the, the Liverpool team at that time. Jordan Milsom is someone who followed Stephen Gerrard up the road in his previous job at Liverpool for eight years, was rehabilitation fitness coach. So he'd be well-versed in the methods used at Liverpool, and he is now the performance guy at Rangers, and still is. So that was interesting, but there's no way for us to know who's using that because there's no way to get access to that information. We can't tell who's using that. Uh, and um, but it is interesting that it was used down there. Uh, was it used up here? I don't know. Um, you know, we can only congratulate Rangers on their um, levels of overperformance in the last couple of years. So congratulations to them for that. Anyway, that's all saying about that. The, 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 thing is, the thing is, though, John, eh, uh, Daniel Brown comes in here and, and he's making a decent point. You're saying that's unethical, but it's not illegal. So they are they are within there are they are within the rules of doing it. We're, we're not yeah. talking about we're not talking about Dolph Lundgren and Rocky Ford when he's up about getting when getting injected with whatever he's getting injected, but he go and fight no, Sylvester no, Stallone. Eh? No, no, so not, like, not, well, we're not not yet. Bear with me. Um, it gets better. Um, but uh, again, with that point, the hyperdosing of caffeine is legal, completely legal, right? That's fine. You want to put your heart under that much strain. Uh, that's fine. As I say, it can't be maintained and it's only in a two or three year cycle. The abuse of therapeutic exemption certificates is not legal. It's not legal. Now, if you have been diagnosed with something uh, that you do not have for purposes of enhancing your performance, that is not legal. Uh, now, it was difficult to prove, which is why... Uh, you know, there was a sort of, you know, the scandal around Wiggins and other people. Uh, you know, it gets right into the nitty gritty of, you know, let's see your medical records. Let's get into this. So it's very difficult to prove, but that is not legal. Right. Now, a therapeutic exemption certificate legally held for something that you have had and have had historically, that's fine. You can take drugs, uh, basically, that would otherwise would be performance enhancing. Um but this is the bit that got more interesting, uh, and you, you do need to bear with me here because there is a bit of a story, but I think the payoff is worth it. So the guy that was writing about this, uh, and this is how I get into this story, is a guy called Alan Moore, who's a Russian-based uh, sports journalist, and he covered a lot of the questions around drugs and sport and specifically in football. So... Uh, at one point, he's an athlete himself and he was transitioning back from playing football to boxing and he was invited by a Bundesliga team to a training camp in Austria. Uh, and during this second day, he couldn't speak the language, so, you know, he had someone translating for him. A fella came in who didn't really introduce himself uh, and told him he'd made, you know, he put him on a programme that would make him uh, lighter, faster, stronger. And he was absolutely over the moon because he had to drop weight and, you know, do whatever he needed to However, the next day, in the first day of the actual training programme, and he was immediately asked 
to take an injection. And he refused until he knew what was in it, and they refused to tell him what was in it. And after an argument, he left the camp. <clears throat> and a few years later, he was working with Eintracht Frankfurt. And their manager at that time, George Berger, yeah, and Alan told him the story, and he recognised the man in the story right away. And apparently, he'd had a lucky escape. The man he met in Austria was the architect of possibly one of the greatest sporting crimes in history, uh, as he constructed the state-sponsored East German doping project. Uh, and the Frankfurt manager had crossed swords with him uh, in the German Democratic Republic and described him as pure evil. His name is Bern Panzold, and let me read you his Wikipedia page. So, uh, Bern Panzold is a German doctor and practitioner of sports medicine. From 68 to 90, he was a team doctor of East German sports club SC Dynamo Berlin, and from 71, was an unofficial member of the East German Ministry for State Security, the Stasi, right? under the alias Jürgen Wendt. After the reunification of Germany, Pansold worked for Austrian Sports Centre uh, as a medic for all winter sports athletes in 98. He was convicted by a German court for the doping of underage persons in nine cases. So extrapolating from that, he's doped thousands and thousands and thousands of people, but they could only get him on the underage ones because they couldn't give consent. Uh, he was then released from his uh, position uh, by the Austrian Ski, Ski Association. And since 2003, he has been in another job uh, as director of a, a diagnostic and training centre. Now, this is a man who constructed the East German state doping system, which took poor people in desperate states in communist Germany uh, and essentially forcibly injected them uh, and gave them all sorts of stuff that was absolutely horrific. I don't know if you remember a couple of athletes from around that time. Uh, I remember Kratochilova, the 800-metre runner. Uh, she looked more like a man than a woman. Um, so it was a remarkable uh, state of affairs. These people were being desperately, desperately abused by the state system. He was responsible for that. He was a man described as pure evil, uh, by a fellow manager, uh, and he was fined for uh, doping underage people, right? This man uh, is the Diagnostic and Training Centre Director for Red Bull, right? He covers Red Bull. So he covers Red Bull Leipzig, Salzburg, and uh, anyone else in that. So the man creating the programmes for these players that we're up against. Now, you know, you can't obviously accuse him of anything because he could well be uh, the first leopard ever to get a full spot transplant. Um, but uh, that, to me, was absolutely shocking. Shocking that he is in charge of the athletes uh, under Red Bull and specifically, uh, you know, the, the team that we are going to be playing twice here coming up. This man is a criminal. You know, he's already been convicted. He is a criminal, and far worse than that, the things they did under that state system that he constructed in East Germany were horrific, absolutely horrific crimes against humanity. Uh, so, you know, this is this is what I thought 
was absolutely shocking. Now, you cannot... Now, apparently he's been working with people, American athletes, and none of them have been caught, and so on and so forth. I would just remind everyone uh, of the lengths to which people will go to, uh, and especially someone who's heavily involved in that. I don't know if you remember the Balco Labs scandal, where the FBI raided a laboratory on a tip back in 2003, that's when Dwayne Chambers was caught and Marion Jones, the sprinter, and Shane Mosley and Barry Bonds, and they were all caught because that laboratory was producing a thing called THG, which is a steroid that nobody had ever heard of, which didn't exist. So nobody could test for it because they had created it, and these guys were all sailing through their tests, right? So that's one thing if you think this isn't a problem. Now, the other thing that sort of shocked me then was I was coming on to the situation in Scotland and I was thinking, nobody ever talks about doping in football here. I don't remember having a conversation about it, so I thought I'd just check a few things. So the testing is carried out by the UK anti-doping uh, uh, company. They are funded by the government and by the English FA. The SFA do not pay into the system. So unsurprisingly, this means that UCAD divert their limited resources where they are most needed. In other words, England. And when asked directly whether why they didn't think Scotland was a risk area, the reply was, well, if you think it's a risk, you should pay for the tests, right? The things I found out that really were, were shocking, and I could only get figures up until 2018-19. Couldn't get any other information after that. Uh, the first thing is you're considering the number of tests in a season. In 2017, there was no tests. None. Not a single one in Premiership football. So that, to me, was shocking. The thing that's really bad, there is no out-of-season testing. None. How can there be no out-of-season testing? If you look at any other sport, the majority of the testing happens out-of-season because that's when most people are trying to get away with it. That's when you're trying to build up. Scottish football, as of a couple of years ago, has no out-of-season testing. You finish the season, you go and whack yourself full of whatever you want and then uh, jog back to the start of the season. Absolutely shocking. Now, in the five-year period that uh, I discovered there was a... Um, uh, freedom of information request for that. Uh, the highest number of tests in that five-year period was in 2018. That was 87. And this is after the SFE agreed to fund additional tests. So that's additional tests. If you take the number of games in just the league, that means there was only an 8% risk of being caught. There's a 92% chance you're getting away with it, Right. So, and just for more of an interest, there was 19 tests in the championship. That's 1.78% chance of getting caught. 12 tests in League One, 1.11% chance of getting caught. Zero tests in League Two, right? So, in terms of hyper hyperdosing, that's an interesting thing if you're down in England. England, during the equivalent period last year, for instance, had 1,000 tests in the Premiership. Right, a thousand. Now, the only reason you wouldn't just flat out cheat in Scotland is because of UEFA. So, if your team is playing uh, in European 
competition, uh, you will be uh, tested by UEFA, potentially. But even there, even there, the chances of you, uh, only 23.36% chance of you getting tested. And that is if, that 23.36 chance of you getting tested, that's if your team starts in the qualifying rounds at the very first stage of the qualifying rounds uh, and wins the Champions League. That's how, that's how many games I was including in that. And if you include the the, the games for the, uh, the other two uh, as well, that all covers that. So the other two competitions as well. 23.36% chance of getting tested. Now, bear in mind, you have virtually no chance of getting tested or found guilty in Scotland. You have a 23% chance of getting tested uh, in Europe. And that's if you are making it blindingly obvious. That's if you've got hypodermics hanging out of you, you know, or lines of stuff going up your nose. That's how obvious you need to be. If you're taking making proper attempts to mask it, um, you know, you, you, there's a good chance you'll be getting away with it. And for anyone who thinks this is not an issue because people aren't getting caught. That's because they're not being tested. And if they are being tested, it's a pathetic level of testing. And if you don't think people are taking steroids or other drugs, you've never been to a gym. There's lads down the road in the gym I go to who are up to their eyeballs in steroids just to get their disco muscles pumped for the weekend. They're not in competition to do anything. They're not competing with anything. They're not trying to win anything. And they're still on the steroids. Um, and, there, you know, there's a bodybuilder, a semi-professional bodybuilder uh, down in the gym where I am as well, which is one of those, you know, freaky-looking fellas. Uh, but he's got to be up to his eyeballs in steroids, right? And the most he ever wins at a competition is a few hundred quid. So he's not doing it for that reason. You know, if you think when there's millions of pounds at stake or hundreds of thousands of pounds at stake, people aren't taking drugs, you are deluded. Those, uh, those athletes that we're talking about, like the, the Dwayne Chambers, Marion Jones and all this stuff like that, they can't make anywhere near the amount of money a top-level football player can make. Not even near it. So if you think that, that you know that people wouldn't take it for that, yeah, you know, because they're, they're good folk and all the rest of it, it's madness. But what's, like, more than football clubs, they're all into sports science and stuff like that. And, I, and, I, and I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to like, no, say that Celtic are even Celtic are trying to get we and she's here and there with supplements and all of that, right? And and that is a wider wider issue. I think I think it's a wider issue is that it's a sport that's inherently corrupt, and they didn't want to have a look at this stuff because they're all just interested in making money. And we can we can all go on. We can all look at teams and go. Oh, they never get injuries. We didn't get any, any injuries. And 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 sometimes I, I hear like folk going like that to us. I we 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 didn't get any injuries. Or or we or we like we blame injuries on Barrafield or Lennox Town or, or something like that. Eh? But it's all getting done to sports science. And and we're talking about small small things here. Eh? But until like. Something has proved illegal, John. This is all just sort of like hearsay. And, no, and no, so, no. So, like, I can refer to extensions are, 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 are illegal. But as you say, I, I, there's, there's, there's crooked doctors. There, there's crooked doctors everywhere. Eh? There, there is. No, no. You, if there's enough money involved. You're conflating the two issues, though, because one of them is the hyperdosing, right? 
and that's fine. That's marginal stuff, but that's not what the story is. The, the story is here. Uh, well, certainly uh, the the first story was about your man who is like a, a monster of a human uh, who is in charge of uh, Red Bull. The second part of that was you can properly cheat in Scotland. You can properly cheat. You don't need to be hyperdosing. If your team's not in Europe, there's almost no chance you're getting caught. And if you're in the lower leagues, there's absolutely no chance you're getting caught. You can be taking steroids. You can be taking whatever you want because you're not going to get caught. The chances of you getting caught are infinitesimally small. You're not going to get caught based on those percentages. So, you know, this isn't a case of, you know, hyperdosing. This is, I'm talking about actual cheating. So if you're if you're in anywhere below the European uh, uh, clubs in the Premiership, for instance, there's eight percent chance of you getting caught. There's ninety two percent chance you're getting away with it. You can be filling yourself full of steroids. You can be filling yourself full of EPO. You can be filling yourself full of whatever you want. There's virtually no chance you get caught. And if you're telling me that for wages that are in the hundreds of thousands, people won't do that. I'm telling you, you're incorrect. You know, uh, people, either you can get clean away with proper cheating. That's my point. And even if you are, uh, you know, uh, with a club that's playing in Europe, there's still only a 23% chance of getting caught. You know, and once I looked into it, apparently there are acknowledged programmes, you know, sort of dodgy, you know, healing hands programme of, I think it was Bayern Munich and UV had a programme called such and such and all the rest of it, otherwise acknowledged to be, you know, uh, on the dodgy side of uh, legit. So, you know, what I'm talking about, the hyperdosing thing is interesting, uh, it's marginal gains, it's possibly unethical if you're getting incorrectly diagnosed, which people clearly are abusing those, that's fine, that's one thing. But you don't need to do that in Scotland, you can just cheat. You can just actually cheat. Do you know what I mean? That's my point. So it's not something that we talk about, but the, the zero tests in a year, Kev, 2017, zero tests. Now, you tell me that's acceptable. No, uh, and no testing out of season. Aye, it's just it's just pointing out what I've always said about the guys who run the game in Scotland. They, I wouldn't let them go to the shop for me because these guys are meant to be like self self made millionaires and that. But like, I wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't let them. I wouldn't let them go to the shop for me. And when they, when you come back here, it's like aye, it's going to be going on, of course. Yeah. The amount of recreational drugs that are probably flying about in Scotland as well uh, is. Everybody knows a story about a footballer that's been out, blah, 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 and they've seen them doing this and that. Everybody yeah. knows stuff like that. Eh? And it's maybe yeah. no something that people are taking serious, eh? But then, if you, <laughs> the way I'm looking at it here, eh? This is maybe the, the, a strange way of looking at it, eh? Going, well, if you can get away with it, why are St. Martin so rubbish? Why are Harps <laughs> so rubbish? Why are Aberdeen so <clears throat> rubbish? If, yeah. you, if, you can, if you can actually get away with it. And... Well, uh, and, and look, look, the guy shouldn't be anywhere near Red Bull. That boy shouldn't be anywhere like uh, that boy shouldn't be anywhere near Red Bull. That that that, that is that is hanging with him. But it is yeah. a, it's a sport wide problem uh, that Scotland doesn't take seriously, and Scotland doesn't take money things yeah. seriously. No matter well, they don't, they don't take it seriously. The they definitely don't take it seriously, uh, and you know. It's absolutely outrageous when you think about it, the amount of money that's involved. You think of athletes that would, would cheat for a fraction of the money. You think of cyclists that would cheat for a fraction of the money. 
you know, people will do what they need to do to get to the next level. That is a competitive mindset, you know, uh, and these people are all top athletes, uh, regardless of which field they're in, and they will do whatever they have to do for the most part to get to the next level. Not all of them, obviously, you know, but it got to the point in cycling, whereas, you know, the, the accepted um, uh, situation was our steroided up guy beat your steroided up guy. And it was a level playing field because they were all on drugs, right? That's how it was a level playing field. But where some people are and some people aren't, it needs to be taken seriously. UEFA uh, at that level of testing isn't taking it particularly seriously at all. The the Scottish FA, that's farcical. That's absolutely farcical. They don't even pay. They're, They're paying for a few extra tests. They weren't even paying into the system. Absolutely farcical. And no testing out of season, which is when, you know, three out of five tests will happen because everyone, that's when you go. You know, so that means even, uh, you know, if you are a a player in a top club in Scotland, um, you could go out of season. As I said before, you could take whatever you want. No one's going to be coming round and testing. As long as it's cleared up for the the, the start of the new season, Bob's your uncle. And even if it isn't cleared up for the start of the new season, you've only got an 8% chance of getting tested. Aye. You know, well, it is farcical. It, it is farcical, but then when had the SFA never been? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Nothing but farcical. Yeah. We'll bring in some of the commenters here uh, to try and... Uh, right. uh, Jerry Talia, this is 4am, some random kitchen chat. <laughs> the best chats are in kitchens at 4am, Jenny. All the, all, all, the cha- all the chats are. Robert Little, I missed the start, but are we saying Rangers won the league because of cans of vidbull? Surely not, we were rotten. Yes, Robert, we were totally <laughs> not in that season. It was nothing to do with cans of vidbull and no. stuff like that. Uh, Ryan Kelly. Didn't know Axel had Dr. Hillary for ITV on today, Johnny. So that's uh, the thing with there. And Carl N. If Dundee United are on drugs, I didn't want any of it. That's a, that's a great point. John, the international break's finished now. The international break's done and dusted. Happy days. Right. Serious word. I'm going to have a serious word about anybody in the comments. Anybody in the comments starts saying that Jack Hendry and Ryan Portis are good enough for Celtic. I'm barring these. I'm not having any of that. I'm not having any of that today. They had one decent game last night. They've done well. But let's not, let's not run away for ourselves. International chat. The, the media building us up that we've got an in, the, the, 
that we've got an injury crisis, John. Uh, players who have injured or have been sent home injured or are meant to be falling apart. Haskabanovic, David Turnbull, Arn Moy, uh, Dyson Maeda, Jorgis Yakamakis, Greg Taylor, even though he actually played 70 odd minutes last night, Leela Bader, uh, Cameron Carter Vickers and Starfell. Obviously, Cameron Carter Vickers didn't go, didn't, didn't go uh, on to play for the USA. So the, 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 some Celtic fans and the media are getting themselves in a little bit of a tizz that we're going to have an injury crisis. For me, that is absolute rubbish. We won't have an injury crisis because basically, like, we've got a big enough squad. And no matter what happened in the last game, no matter what, what, like, what happened in the last game, we've still got a good enough squad. And we've still got a squad that would walk into the majority of the domestic game. So, oi, that's, oi, that's, like, uh, flapping about, for me, is no warrant either whatsoever. Well, we just need to get to uh, the January transfer window, Kev, when we can sign Porteous and Hendry, uh, you know, <coughs> to take over. Uh, <laughs> just, see, you're going to ban people in the chat, but yeah, you know, I'm here, you can't ban me yet, so... I can I can remove you, mate. I can remove you. I can remove you. See, See I can remove you. No problem. <laughs> they, they were, uh, yeah, they're sensational. Actually, you know, I, I'm not in a position to discuss because um, I, I'm afraid I'm one of those that's uh, uh, Celtic uh, football, and uh, you know, I will might watch a bit of the international if there's nothing else on, but I don't watch them. Uh, so. Uh, the the bits I d- did see were just I noticed a couple of people talking about uh, you know <clears throat> again uh, Hendry but I've had this discussion before when Hendry was playing well for Scotland uh, <clears throat> and nobody seemed to think he, he was uh, good enough for Celtic even then um, uh, or when he was playing well in Belgium people still didn't think he was good enough for Celtic even then um, Portis I don't know enough about him other than playing against them. Um, so uh, I did notice Natasha uh, tweeted last night they had a very good last gasp tackle at one point. Uh, so, you know, fair play to the lad. If he's come in, he's done well. He's a young guy. You can only hope he goes on and proves. Um, you know, in terms of uh, us getting people back, like, you know, I don't know what the the injury list is going to be because it, it's fluctuating from day to day in terms of what people are saying. You know, you know, Frank McAvenny in the paper yesterday saying he'd been told uh, that uh, Cameron Vickers was uh, out for uh, quite some time. Like you're talking about a number of weeks here, which would be absolutely terrible if he's out for a Leipzig games. Um, so that that's not ideal. Um, you know, and again, if Starfelt's out as well, that leaves us with, uh, you know, Jens and Welsh at the back. And I'm not, I'm not concerned about Motherwell, but I definitely, I'm very concerned about Leipzig if that's their centre half pairing. Um, you know, and no harm to them. Um, Stephen's a, a, a good player. I think he could be a very good player, but at this point, he's he's not good enough. Uh, so, and it's not even a matter of not good enough. Uh, you know, our, our first choice pairing are out. So clearly the second choice pairing are not the preferred option. Um, in, in terms of the, the creative, um, I see that uh, Hatate 
uh, was managed to come through pretty much unscathed, so that's good. Uh, Callum McGregor is unscathed, uh, so that's good, and apparently played very well last night. Um, uh, now, O'Reilly, I saw get taken off for the Denmark under-21s, so I don't know his status. Um, and in terms of up front, Kyogo, I think, is unharmed, so at least that's something. Uh, Jota, as we know, will be unharmed, so at least that's something. So how many people, technically speaking, are we actually potentially missing from the squad that you would you would put out? You know, we might be a bit short on the right if a bad is injured, um, you know, and Maeda is definitely injured by the looks of it. Uh, I don't know a badder status. But again, you know, we have a badder there. We have James Forrest can come in and do a job. Um, so, uh, you know, we, that would still give us a front line of um, Kyogo, Jota and Forrest, um, which, you know, is two thirds of what you'd be looking for. Um, and the midfield could be two thirds of what you'd be looking for. The defence, no, well, ideally, be half of what you're looking for, but you know, against Motherwell, that shouldn't be significant. Um, I don't think the defence is the issue, much like against St. Mirren. I think the issue is going forward uh, from the midfield onwards. Uh, we need to be more direct, we need to be faster. Uh, the passing needs to be uh, with more purpose uh, and you know, fewer touches, all that sort of thing. It's been covered in depth, um, but at the end of the day, you know. Should we be worried about more? Uh, no, I, I think the guys now who are in this team have a point to prove. They have a very significant point to prove if they want to play in Europe uh, in the following couple of weeks. They have to come back uh, and show the manager what they're made of. The manager will have been very annoyed and very disappointed after St. Man. He's not going to have forgotten about that. He's not going to be forgotten about the guys who he gave a chance to and who let him down. So he wouldn't have forgotten about that. Uh, you know, so these these boys, uh, some of them are Jake, it's not shaking ale if they're looking to anywhere near Europe. So, you know, they have to come in uh, and give a, a serious performance here. So, I'm expecting, uh, the, the, you know, there's potentially here. I'd like to think they come in and just blow Motherwell away. And I really want Kyogo to get on the score sheet and have a good game. He seems to be lacking in confidence. He's not been playing particularly well. He get hooked for Japan as well. I see. You know, he's trying, but he's just not, you know, the, the end product isn't there at the moment. So I really, really would like to see him getting back on the score sheet. Uh, and uh, I think Jackie Mack is going to be injured for this one by all accounts. Uh, but it's again, that's not clear. Uh, it's not it's not clear yet. Gus Poyet came out and says he very much doubt they would make it for the weekend. The usual Graham Soonest Rangers trick that eh? when yeah. the Rangers players used to mysteriously get injured before playing for Scotland and all of a sudden yeah. they would play at the weekend. So maybe Gus Poyet's just trying to co- cover his back. Crash Awesome comes in well, and it, this was talked about yesterday. We have 13 games in 43 days. How many do you think Kyogo will turn up in? John, you says last week that you didn't think Kyogo was playing. Well, I think a, lot, a couple of games have passed by. I actually watched the first half of the Japanese game yesterday, and it was absolutely dreadful, truthfully. <laughs> a dreadful game of football, and the, Kyogo got took off, but they could have took off any of the other ten outfield players, truthfully, because it wasn't it wasn't a bit it wasn't a very decent game of football. I, I think sometimes Kyogo's the game can bypass Kyogo until he turns up and does what he needs to actually do. But I think that's the way our centre-forwards actually play. Um, I just think there's been a massive overreaction to the defeat to St Murn. 
to the level of the quality that we actually have in the squad. It was an absolutely horrific game against St. Mun. Horrific. It was horrible. All 16 players involved, 17 players at Lold were absolutely terrible. But I think we make wide, I think we make wild like assumptions and rash judgments and conclusions about players after we get beat. And I think Poster Coglu had a great wee slight dig at us when he was away flying to Australia. Uh, over the, uh, the uh, like at the start of the beat there to actually promote the John Joe Kenny Cup, and he 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 was he was saying that I had to get out of the country because we had lost our first game in a year. I mean, what we were actually saying, well, what some were actually saying on the channel before and other channels and all Celtic media, this was the best squad we've had at years. Next thing you can, we get beat off St. Burn at, at the New Love Street, whatever. And we're all saying, wrap it up and start it again. We're all rubbish. I just think, calm down, mate. Just calm down. We have got a decent enough squad. And even if these guys have got niggles and stuff like that, we've still got players to come in. I mean, Jake comes in. Uh, is it Jake? Sorry, Jake. I will get to you, Jake. Don't worry. I will, I will get to you. Did I take them, the, the comments off? I'm having a mare. Uh, <laughs> I think I did. Right, I'll, I'll bring up Jake. Welsh and Jens, miles behind Starfelt, let alone CCV. I think the bigger miss out of the is Cameron Carter-Vickers. If you watch Stephen Welsh with Cameron Carter-Vickers, Stephen Welsh has actually done extremely well for Celtic. Yeah. There was guys in the comments, and that was the comments I want to bring up, but I don't think I've starred them, so apologies. Paul was one of them. Paul, I do remember. He asked the question, is Stephen Welsh better than Ryan Porteous? And what I'm going to say, yes, he is better than Ryan Porteous because he's at Celtic. And <laughs> Ryan Porteous isn't he? Uh-huh. Come on, on, come on, on comes in and, and brings, carries on the Stephen Welsh passion here. Uh, isn't, isn't good enough, sorry, but he's not. He's the fourth choice centre half at Celtic. He's the fourth choice centre half at Celtic. And there's a reason that he's a fourth choice centre-half yeah. at Celtic. And there's a reason that Cameron Carter-Vickers is the first choice centre-half at Celtic. There is a hierarchy here. And Stephen Welsh, for me, is a decent fourth choice centre-half at Celtic. I saw someone there saying, uh, you know, that, that you know, uh, Jens and Welsh are miles behind Starfelt and CCV. Well, do you remember the abuse that Starfelt was getting? You know what I mean? And <clears throat> Starfelt, to me, you know, uh, still has a mistake in him every game. It just depends on whether uh, they score off the back of it. But he still has a mistake in him every game. Other than that, his performances are great. But that mistake is regular. You know, so let's not, you know, uh, be beatifying guys who are out injured. Uh, you know, Jens has been playing well in my view, hasn't been responsible for, for much at all. Uh, Stephen Welsh made one mistake in one of the rare games that he's got to play. Uh, he made one mistake uh, easy made uh, against St Mirren. So, you know, other than that, he is a, a beautiful distributor of the ball. Uh, he is a solid player um, and I have no problems with him at all uh, at SPFL level. Um, you know, Europe's a different matter. But, you know, he's not really been given the opportunity to uh, improve on that because, you know, essentially he hasn't really had any game time. He might never get the game time is the thing, you know. So uh, he, he does have a, you know, a physical issue in as much as he's just not as tall as you'd want your centre-halves to be. 
But Cameron Carter-Vickers isn't exactly an imposing uh, presence height-wise. You know, he is solid now. He's a tank of a man, but he's not imposing height-wise. So, you know, we, we have... Uh, you know, people, you're talking about people reacting wildly. All you need to do is look at Twitter after any defeat or even after any victory. You say one thing about a player, someone else will be going to say the exact opposite. So people have wild, uh, you know, opinions all the time. Uh, it's just the, the nature of the beast. Now, we, we get to see more of them than we used to, but there are some wild opinions out there. And especially when people take against a particular player, they just wait for, you know, the guy will be on fire for six months and then has a bad half hour. Next, you know, there'll be a comment up saying, oh, he's oh, garbage. He's, he's, he's garbage, you know. So I, I saw saying something on there. Uh, there's, there's more of them, actually, people talking about Kyogo. Uh, Kyogo's had a quite a few games. He's still top of the scoring charts, isn't he? Uh, he's still got six, I think, top of the scoring charts. He's had a quiet few games. Uh uh, am I going to just start, start saying Kyogo is rubbish? That doesn't mean he's rubbish. It means he's in a quiet few games. That means he's not in particularly great form. That doesn't mean he's rubbish. doesn't make him an overrated player. It uh, doesn't make him a poor player. You know, so, Why, you know, the r- people doing that just need to... Uh, there's a teaser. I mean, come on. I know. Uh, I mean, this is what I'm talking about, being utterly wild and sniffing your sister's socks, man. I mean, that, 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 is, that is like a... Terrible, terrible comment, which is not factually backed up whatsoever <laughs> with what we've actually seen over the last year. So come on, Ryan. Unless you're, unless you're a Rangers interloper, eh? I, I think you're on the wrong podcast, mate. I, I really do. I really do. That's a bad one. <laughs> you're sniffing your sister's socks. That's dreadful. But that's what like I'm on about, and I, I know what Paddy Laverty and all of that are saying. But when I mentioned Dan's comment, I think he was joking. Kev Peter comes in and says that comment was tongue in cheek. Monty, don't think Ange aimed the comment at us that he had to leave the country because he had lost a game in the year. I took it as a kind of wee, wee hang me that he's already spoke about. If you lose a game, it's a big, big, massive thing. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. 
Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And 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 the Celt- the Celt- the Celtic fan culture is a massive thing, and it's like. He, he understands that pressure, but he un- but what we need to understand as fans is we are going to lose games of football. It's going to happen, but that doesn't mean. I, I think it's the rash conclusions like Ryan the Celt comes in here because Kyogo's had a quiet couple of weeks. He's now utterly garbage yeah. in, and stuff like that. I mean, I must admit we could actually say the same about Yorgos Yakabakis. I don't yeah, think exactly he's been. I don't think he's been too great. Well, actually, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. He still, but he starts to back up. Yeah. That I he's still he's still contributing. Yeah, well, you could argue that Yakimakis has been worse because uh, he's had more clear cut chances and hasn't put them away. Now, he created a couple of those chances, but he still didn't put them away. Uh, my, my concern with Kyogo is that despite all he's running about, his, what was so fantastic about him like last year was he was always getting in positions. Uh, he was just always making a move that people weren't expecting or hadn't anticipated or were too slow to react to, and he was in. Um, and we haven't seen that uh, in the last few games. He hasn't been doing the unexpected, or he hasn't been, uh, you know, anticipating moves. Uh, he's been in pretty standard positions, and he's basically been marked out of it. So that's been disappointing. But uh, Jackie Marcus isn't finishing well, so if you want to have a conversation. The conversation is about what we said last week. My concern is that neither of our centre-forwards are in great form. Uh, so yeah. that's why I, I would like to see but, uh, but, I would like to see Kyogo getting on the score sheet. But the bottom line is they're there to score goals and mm-hmm. the, the, the stats that they've had at the start of the season say, well, they are scoring goals. We're just basing it on our last run out where we were utterly rotten. Everybody was utterly rotten. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter how we actually we, we created nothing uh, and we got got deservedly nothing out of the game. Uh, well, I would I would be based on the last three, Kev. So you're you're looking at the last three games that we had, and you know that you know, admittedly, you know, best team in the world, you know, European game away, and then you know St Mirren. Um, but you know you're basing it on that. Uh, that you know it's not it's not been ideal in terms of um, you know just the, the showing for uh, the centre forwards in particular, like Yakimakis had chances, created chances, should have buried chances uh, and didn't. Um, I can't remember. I remember because I wrote down all the chances you'll remember last week that we had Mm -hmm. uh, against Shakhtar. I can't remember how many Kyogo were involved in, but, um, you know, uh, not that many as far as I remember off the top of my head. Um, So, you know, the best thing Kyogo probably did in in that game was not touch uh, the Hitate shot as it rolled into the net because it would have been offside. Um, So, you know, it's not ideal. What's what I'm saying? Uh, look, you know, it's early in the season. We need to get these guys, you know, a bit more confidence and back on for them. Once you start banging in the goals again, the confidence makes all the difference. I know it's an old cliche, but it's a fact, especially a fact with people who are finishing, because it has to be instinctive. It has to be reactive uh, in a lot of occasions, and that comes with the confidence. Uh, and you have to be, you know, and when you are presented with. Um, you know, a chance to think about it and, and make a clinical finish. You have to not doubt yourself. All of that is about confidence. So we need these guys to. I, I would. It's a, it's a real pity that Jackie Marcus is injured, um, but I definitely want Kyogo on. I want Kyogo on that pitch on uh, at the weekend until he scores. Right? I don't want him taken off. I want him on the pitch until he scores, and I don't care if it's a tapping. I want him on the score sheet because he needs to be the main man going into these next couple of very very important games. 
It, it, it does look like that he's going to be the main man coming coming into the next couple of games. I Minar mean, actually says at the start of the season that again, like I think Kyogo would score more goals in Europe than than Yakamakis just because of the style when the more that like, he would get more space in Europe. Uh, but that obviously that has to prove to be the case because we've only scored one goal. But hey, there's there's, there's still there's still time there's still there's still time yet for for that for that to actually change, and yeah. and and Yakamakis might be injured for the weekend. But what what we're actually having a look at is, I mean, a couple of weeks ago we were all shouting for Yakamakis to come in. I'm actually quite worried that he is injured. And I'm not saying we haven't got the strength and depth to actually sort it out, and we have got the strength and depth to actually beat Motherwell. I'm just going, sometimes we need to mix it up, and not having Yakamakis coming off the bench as one of the five subs is a problem at times, because he does give us that complete and utter different option. Out of all the names that there that could potentially be injured for Saturday, the only two that's making me go, hmm, are Cameron Carter-Vickers and Yakamakis. That's the yeah. only two that I'm looking at that I'm really, really worried about. No, I, I, and again, I, I, Cameron Carter-Vickers, you know, you'd always be concerned about that one, but for both of those, I'd be, I'm not concerned about the weekend. I'm concerned yeah, about Leipzig. Yeah, I, I'm not concerned about the weekend um, because, look, you know, as long as Abada isn't injured, for talk's sake, um, you know, we have options to shuffle things around there. If Haxabanovich isn't injured, then we have options to shuffle things around there. If Kyogo isn't getting it done, that you know, and he does have to come off, then, you know, we've played a bad up front before. Um, you know, we can move people around. You know, we have lots of options depending on who's injured and who's not. We still have enough options to win that game. But for me, you know, the game will be won and lost as the St Mirren game was in the midfield. You know, because everything everything drives from our midfield. So I'd want to see Callum McGregor back in his best position, uh, and I'd want to see that midfield as close to our, our top three as possible. But the thing about having um, you know the, the depth of squad, uh, you know, one of the things I think, you know, as I said last week, we have excellent players to come in. You know, we have excellent players to come into a good side, one or two or three, depend. You know, one in each. You know. Well, let's say, you know, defence, midfield, the front, one or two changes, potentially in each, but not an entire team as we tried to do uh, against St Mirren. That's just too many. <clears throat> and it just, it, it's too disruptive to the flow. It's too dis- disruptive to the dynamic. So, you know, if we have to replace one guy in the midfield, I've got no problem with that, whether that's a Turnbull or a Moyer, whatever. No problem with the one guy getting replaced. Um, two of them getting replaced is an issue, as was clearly shown. Uh, up front, you know, if you have to replace one guy, I think we've got enough to shuffle that round. In the defence, I still think our reserve centre halves are more than good enough for the SPFL. That shouldn't have been a problem uh, against St Mirren because, you know, we should have been too busy pummeling their goal with the 80% possession that we had. So, you know, I don't think that's down to them. Uh, and, you know, we should never have been letting them uh, press us the way that they were. It was just, it was a very, very bad game. And I don't think we're going to see that again. So I'm not concerned about the defence at this level. Uh, that centre half pairing going into the European games would concern me greatly. Of, of course, 
that would concern you going into the European games. Of course yeah. it would. Um, and, and that's you, you, and you're and you're not like belittling the two guys <laughs> that haven't to go in there. It is just a, a matter of fact. There's a hierarchy, and you're you're, you're losing your, your first choice centre half. Yeah. And and any anybody any other pairing after that is a downgrade because your first choice centre half is not there. I was thinking about this when Ange Poster Cogley was on the flight going to Sydney or was it Melbourne? I think it was Sydney that he was going to where he was flying back to Australia anyway. And after his watch probably like the new minions form, their eyes are groove, realised it's rubbish or something like that. So he, he started thinking about what would he have learned for the St Mur- St Murn game? And what I learned for the St Murn game is you can't have a Celtic team without O'Reilly or Hattati in the starting lineup. One of them has got to start and you can't replace the two of them. I think that's what's overall hindsight because we're all absolute geniuses with hindsight. That the, the genius with hindsight is if you if you can't drop the two of them, one of them's got to play because they give us that something different in the middle of the park. And what's probably also in hindsight. We still haven't got that Callum McGregor replacement yet. No. Well, uh, hopefully um, Abelgard uh, will get game time soon. Hopefully this is the game to do it. Uh, You'd like to think we could batter a few in in the first half and then get some boys off, um, you know, and get uh, game time into the legs of some guys that we're going to need going forward. Um, And hopefully he is good enough uh, to take uh, the reins from Callum McGregor because that's a big ask. Because, you know, when Callum McGregor is playing well, we play well uh, for the most part. So that's a big ask. Um, but, you know, as you said, and I think as I said last week, you know, against a very, very well-organised physical side, you need creative spark. You need a bit of magic, you know. And again, as we said before, the, the sort of lennon Rogers way of just passing it along the front, or passing it all around in circles in a U-shape or a horseshoe shape um, until everyone falls asleep and loses the will to live. Um, it's not effective against teams that are digging in like that. And we, we had to watch it so often, you know, they park the bus and we just can't get through them. That's not been the case, uh, you know, for a good while now. It's not been the case for a good while because we were able to draw them out, we were able to get through them. But you need that bit of quality because there isn't a big enough gap between people who are prepared to park the bus and be physical uh, and be very, very well organised, there isn't a big enough gap between our players and their players. Uh, if you know, uh, if the system isn't working or we don't have any creative players in the side, you know. So uh, for me, you can expect those kind of results if they're going to dig in and be very good. Now, to be fair, they were pretty lucky as well. They were very, very good. But, you know, we had 80% possession, should have done an awful lot more with it. But that just shows you how ineffective the system was on the day. Uh, you know, and again, I don't expect to see that happen uh, at the weekend. I, I think we will get and should get a, a big performance. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping some of these guys are going to be tearing up. I mean, Jota's going to be bursting because he hasn't got a game. You know, so I'm expecting to see some magic from him. Um, I would love to see Haksabanovic not being injured, but I would also love it if... Um, you know, even if Alex Barnovich is fit, I don't want to see Jota on the right. I want to see him on the left, you know. Um, and if Kyogo isn't doing well, play Alex Barnovich in the middle because that, we were told that's what he could do. He could play across the front three. Let's see it then. Let's have you. 
you know, uh, and let's see if he can create some magic in that position. Because he looks like he could. He doesn't look like a completely, you know, like if he wasn't playing in the left, he couldn't play. He looks a very creative player, you know, a, a very direct player. He, he, he does, and when we're moving forward to Motherwell, and we need to give Abelgard games, and I says, after the Shakhtar game, I reckon that we needed someday of Abelgard's, like, skill set in the middle of the park. And I say, I says that at the end of last season, that was a guy that we actually needed in the middle of the park. If he plays against Motherwell, we're not going to see the best of him because he's not going to get, like, it's not his game. Uh, it doesn't seem to be his game of, of the creative. What we've actually seen him, it doesn't seem to be his game, the creative type of game. So against Motherwell, we're maybe not going to see the best of him. You're, for me, you're giving St Murn far too much credit, John. And I, I thought that after it. St Murn were a team of spanners that we made to look like good spanners because we because we were terrible on the day. And they, they've done nothing. They've they, they done nothing. We created our own problems that day. I'll give, ten, I'll give teams... With compliments when they deserve compliments. I think St. Martin didn't deserve any sort of compliment. I hope they get relegated, actually. Motherwell will come in and sit in, and it's up to us to actually take the game to them. It's up to it's up to Celtic to go and entertain us and play the entertaining games that Ange Poster Cordwell wants. And I reckon old guys are going to be utterly desperate to go in there and put on a show on Saturday and I'm looking forward to actually going. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I'm positive about the uh, potential outcome here. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue because I say I think there's too many guys with something to prove going into these European games. They want to be in that team. Um, they want to be in that showcase in that window and they want to be proving themselves at the highest possible level. And those two games against Leipzig are as important for us as it gets. So this is your chance to show us, lads. Uh, let, let's see what you've got. Uh, definitely, definitely. What we'll do, John, is I think that's us done the hour today, and it's been interesting. We've had somebody, <laughs> we've had somebody in the comments who's definitely been hyper dosing. Then again, what he's been hyper dosing, <laughs> and uh, and we've had folk talking about sock fetishes in the comments as well. But that was, but that was probably my fault. Right, last. I think it was, it was right, lads. That's Wednesday done and dusted. Uh, well, I've just, just I hope maybe saw that. Uh, <laughs> that's Wednesday done and dusted, lads. Eh? So, thanks. Comment, vote for us in the awards. Give us a like. Uh, subscribe and just don't be bams to each other, even if somebody's slagging Kyogo. Quite. Hail, hail, hail. See you all later. <laughs>
Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Fast Twitch, the new energy drink from Gatorade, is here. And it's powering fast starts for athletes in every arena, like NBA All-Star Zion Williamson, WNBA champ Kalia Copper, and MLB superstar Francisco Lindor. With 200 milligrams of caffeine, electrolytes, and zero sugar, Fast Twitch is the new go-to for on-the-go energy anytime you need to turn up the intensity. Available in six refreshing Gatorade-inspired flavors, grab Fast Twitch in the energy drink aisle at a store near you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.